from Hong Kong, Chicago, and the... Oh, am I even recording? Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am recording. From Hong Kong, Chicago, and the city of Stoke-on-Trent, this is the Classic Lenses Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 115. My name is Simon Forster and I'm joined by Johnny Sisson and Perry G. Hello, Johnny. Hello. And hello, Perry. Hello. Johnny, you sound chirpy. I sound chirpy? Yeah, that means happier if that, if that word is Oh, okay, like a, like a harpy chirpy or like cheerful? Cheerful, cheerful. Cheerful, okay, all right. Yeah, man, I'm I'm feeling um, I'm feeling quite a bit better today. So, Hooray. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I definitely definitely improving. Excellent. Well, that's yeah, I, that's good. Would I, I can I think I can finally safely say I'm starting. I mean, I still feel like garbage, but I feel a little bit more like my old self, just a garbage version of myself, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's good news. It's 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 good good to have you uh, something similar to what you used to be like. Anyway, that's 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 good news. And uh, right, which is also garbage, but exactly. that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Perry, how are you doing? I'm doing well. We are uh, slowly edging towards sort of normal-ish life. It's hot as balls in Hong Kong. It hit like 32 degrees uh, the other day, which is around 90 Fahrenheit. Uh, yeah it sucks humidity is high it's pouring with rain right now the protests are back and i've been buying lenses again so certain degree of uh you know recovery as well on our end and and you've bought yourself a, a new well a new to you lens as well haven't you do you want to tell us all about it oh yeah oh yeah so i have been looking for a long time um i, I have this i have this huge boner for english lenses um and specifically uh, is just for englishmen <laughs> so. <laughs> um specifically taylor hobson cook lenses and and as you will know from uh our episode with bill pavetta i've been i've been lusting after a cook speed pancro for a very very long time and the problem with those is a they're super old and hard to find and b uh they will usually cost you a kidney so I finally managed to find one uh, locally for a ridiculously good price. Um, it was actually the exact same copy of one that I was watching a year ago. And the guy who bought it from under my nose a year ago, I guess he was done playing with it uh, after a year and sold it at a discount. And I was just at the in the right place at the right time. Um, so I have in my hand uh, attached to my Sony a7R2 a cook speed pancro 35 millimeter f2 cinema lens originally for uh repl i believe and rehoused in an ltm mount uh the rangefinder coupling is not accurate but i am using this pretty much exclusively on my sony and it is sweet it's so sweet so is is that that designed to cover full frame or is it a, a smaller format uh, so it depends on how it's housed, but this one, the 50 and I think the 40 will cover full frame, no problem. This is the oldest first series version, and it doesn't quite cover full frame. It covers APS-C, no problem. So I have my Sony in uh, APS-C mode. Right, right. But so I've seen, I have seen some photos of you, because you've also been posting, well, you, you, you tried it out on your Fuji as well, didn't you? Uh, I Yeah, briefly. 
And do you want to explain why it was brief and you're and you're using crop crop mode on your Sony instead? It's I don't know. It's better on the Sony. I can't explain it. It's it's just better on the Sony. <laughs> I just thought I just thought I'd have to say that. That's all. <laughs> no, it, it, it is because it's not it's not a lens there that like you can't use this thing for normal shooting, right? It, it's garbage for that. Yeah, like it makes me pay really close attention to things like uh, focus distance, lighting, the angle that I'm holding it at, and the Fuji is set up to be shot like an analog, you know, like an old film camera, um, and it it just I just found it didn't work. And then Fuji's color profiles. The thing with this cook is. It's got that magical, uh, low-contrast, old cinematic look that I've been lusting after uh, on digital for so long, and I haven't been able to find something that renders like this. On Fuji, the way that the Fuji renders colors, it, it almost like it's almost like Fuji tries to superimpose its color profiles a little yeah. bit too aggressively, and so it, it cancels out some of the look I'm trying to extract from this lens. Whereas with the Sony, I stick it on neutral, which basically does nothing. Uh, and it's beautiful. It's it's absolutely stunning. So yeah, the Sony is way better for this thing in terms of just um, a the result, b the just the way that it's. Um, I never thought I would say this, but I find the handling of this lens better on the Sony. Uh, the the menu is a little bit more intuitive because I'm not doing like normal photography. But the other thing is I've got it mounted onto my Yinon helicoid adapter, uh, and that thing is just beautiful to shoot, uh, to focus with. So from yeah. just a use perspective, it's just way better on the Sony. And the images are better. So, so, so what, 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 what is it about this lens that specifically that's been making you go, go, go towards it? Well, I mean, so I have, to, I have to first admit that half of it is just pure gas, right? <laughs> um, but, you know... Cinematographers lust after this lens, uh, this lens, and this series for a reason, and it just it has this wonderful uh, low contrast look. It flares in a kind of crazy way, um, and depending on the light and depending on just how you position the camera, it it just does cool things. And it it's not over the top. You know, I was out uh, on Mother's Day at a brunch with my girlfriend's family, and I was just taking pictures of people. Um, at brunch, and there was this kind of mixed light lighting because it was really warm indoors with the uh, tungsten light, and then it was br- broad daylight because it was you know brunch, so there was sunlight pouring through the window. So you get this cool blue hue from the window and this really warm tungsten light inside, which I think is just like perfect for that cinematic look. Um, and yeah, I took a bunch of portraits and just pictures of people there, and I sent it to everyone afterwards, and they were like, "Yo, we look like 1950s movie stars." So it, it really does have, you know, the cook look is a thing, and it's it's really noticeable. It's beautiful. Yeah. See, and and I did I did make a, a comment which you uh, thought was a facetious comment, and uh, which it partially was, but not not entirely, um, because the the look that you've got that that sort of you know almost permanently veiled flare and uh, mm-hmm. and then. I don't know what the other kind of flair is, where you get all the uh, the weird colours or um, effects and shapes, and to to me that looked very similar uh, to what I used to get out of my uh, Mia twenty four H, which of course is a thirty five millimeter uh, camera for Nikon, 
been 24H. It's obvious, really. And uh, so that's a, a Russian uh, 35F2. And that does exactly the same kind of thing. It, it's uh, You point it towards a light source and it, it starts to lose contrast. And if, the, in, and if you go towards a really strong light source, then it, it really does nuts things. It, it flares like a bastard, you know, and... Uh, and what's what's interesting to me when you talk about cinematography is that I sold my copy of that lens because I just wasn't using it, and to um, a cinematographer that I I know um, who I've been talking to recently, um, he he almost like begged me to sell it to him, mm. and uh, and so so I did in the end, and uh, he sent me a link uh, to 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 something that he's been working on. And uh, it's, you know, just it was pre-production, no, no sound. Um, but he was trying to get this. Um, I think it's for like a flashback scene uh, for when somebody was a, a child back in the seventies or maybe maybe the eighties, something like that. And he needed something to to give to, to lose lose some sharpness and clarity and contrast in the image to to show the uh, the audience that this this was a a flashback scene. And he used. Uh, the the 24h in exactly that way and uh, so it was it was lower contrast it um, and it had had great flare effects and so on and and the look was just so similar uh, to, um, to to that cookie and and what you're trying to achieve with it yeah so when you posted that comment my first reaction was to yell F- you Simon Forster <laughs> um, <laughs> But <laughs> having said that, I've never tried this lens, uh, the Mirror 24. So I did go looking it up, um, and I ended up sort of in in that flicker spiral of browsing images by, by that lens. And I, I will say it's hard to tell, you know, because you don't know how much people have post-processed their shots. Um, but there were definitely some images from that lens that had the look. A lot of the others look, you know, sharper and more contrasty and more modern, but that could be the post-processing. The, mm. the one thing that's quite different is the cook lens um apart from the crazy stuff it does um it's very very warm in its color tones yeah that's what i was gonna say it looks it does look really warm yeah and so the mirror shots they've got the kind of washed out muted look which i agree is is you know in the same spirit it's beautiful uh but the color the color palette is is quite different but i mean if you're shooting digital you could probably um you know make it look however you want it in post-processing so uh yeah maybe i'll go look for a mirror mirror 35 f2 20 24h or whatever it's called i think i think it's too budget for you so i, I don't think you'd, you'd you'd really appreciate that lens touche <laughs> 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 oh, touche well i mean if i can find one i will um i'd actually be keen on trying it because i love this look right and if it's similar then that'd be awesome. If it's not, then at least I can try to articulate what the differences are. Plus, it covers full frame, so that's a, a plus from the mirror. Yeah, it's it's got a really good close focus on it as well. So it's a, it's a very versatile lens, but it's also and I've I've mentioned it before. It's um, it it's it it's it lacks sharpness compared to other thirty five millimeter lenses. That but at the end of the day. That doesn't matter if you're actually trying to get a certain kind of look. Well, one thing I want to just ask you about when you're talking about color palettes, I, I sort of get where you're coming from 
with that. But that's never, and you've spoke about this quite on quite a few occasions about you know how a certain lens renders color and stuff. I, I tend to be a bit quiet on those conversations between yourself and Johnny because I don't, I never really get that. Um, for me, I, I just it's it's more about well, what does the lens do at the time I'm taking it, and sometimes a lens can deliver very different results just purely on on the light. And that's the bit that really confuses yeah. me sometimes. Was I think to myself, well, is this giving me these kind of colours because the light is doing this, or is this actually mm. more to do with the lens? And I've, I've never really been comfortable of knowing what the difference was. Well, I, I think on on that, the amount that the lens contributes can vary greatly because you know the difference in the colour palette will usually manifest itself in like slight differences in the like the the relationship between different colours that present themselves. But I think lighting is the most important by far. You're right. Um, but at the same time, you know, the, the I think the one the thing with this particular Cook lens that uh, makes it render color the way it does is the fact that it's uncoated, not so much, you know, yeah, anything else. Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. I, I see, I mean, I, I absolutely see a difference between the coated and uncoated lens. And uh, and I usually see that difference more in 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 contrast than I do in in, in colours. But mm. that could be because I'm just looking at the the images in a in a particular way. So yeah, but the, there are there are definitely I have seen differences in in colours from different lenses, and most notably is one when I did a, a, a comparison test probably about three maybe four years ago now, and it was uh, with fifty millimeter lenses, one point four lenses. And um, there was the my Zeiss planer, um, a Super Tacoma uh, with with ra a radioactive effect uh, affected one, um, Olympus fifty one point four, and the Nikon. Oh, actually, there must be five. Actually, was so there was yeah, there was a Nikon. There was also the Minolta uh, MD three, I think it was. Um, but the 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 Nikon and the um, Zeiss for me were pretty much identical in almost every every way. Um, in some respects, I think the Nikon was, you know, dare I say it, a better, a better lens. Um, but there was a very difference, a, a noticeable difference with the way that those two lenses would um, handle greens and blues. Mm. And I'm just trying to remember. I think yes, that was it. The uh, I'm pretty sure that the Zeiss gave me nicer greens, and the and the Nikon gave me nicer blues. And it, and and I think you could potentially take a choice over which way you would want to favour that one, but. Um, yeah. Again, in in sort of real life, if you like, I'm not sure that would ever really mean anything to me. Um, so, yes, greens and blues are very noticeable in differences. The thing that I use as a benchmark is skin tones. Um, and, and that's just sort of the way that I look at most lenses in their color rendering, sort of the way they make skin look. I've got I've got nothing else to say 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 to that. I don't know if you've got anything to say about that, Johnny. If you want to come in on that that point. Uh, <clears throat> um, no, I mean the thing I was noticing about these shots was uh, I, I think I think cine lenses have a really particular look to them uh, mm. when they're stepped up to you know other formats, whether it's APS-C. It's usually APS-C, right? Is that what this was cropped to, Perry, or yeah, smaller? Yeah. Okay, APS-C, right. and um, a lot of them are sixteen by nine. Okay, because I know that, like, when I've done uh, C-mount lenses on the Fuji, they have a really particular. They tend to have really 
good central sharpness and a lot of yeah. fall off. And, yeah. and, and so to me, I mean, these are, are like indicative of that look sort of right. Um, mm -hmm. but there's definitely a color temperature thing as well. Cause I mean, you know, you look at the blue, the daylight behind obviously is super blue and then the interior light, which is warmer anyway, is already going to be warm. So I guess I'm thinking like, it'd be really cool to see this lens out in the daylight to judge like how much of the color rendering is sort of interior light versus exterior light. Like what does it do under daylight? You know what I mean? It's almost like a, an easier judge because you can't separate the warmth of the indoor light from the lens color rendering in a certain sense. Does that right. make sense? Yeah. 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 Although, um, although at the same time, um, the, there were a couple of other people at our table who were shooting, they also had Sony's and were shooting with um, like modern lenses. Um, and right. the, the, the skin tones are I mean, there's white balance to account for, right? Ooh. But the skin tones are, are very orangey from the tungsten light. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the kind of like really pleasant, wa warm, but vintage look, you know, yeah. of this cook. But the other hey, thing one, that is... One second, you yeah, guys. I, I, I'm going to run because Robbie's here. I'll be right back. Ooh. Ooh hello, Robbie. <laughs> I see you can't hear that, can he? Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm back. I have my groceries... Uh, in the fridge and I've washed my hands and, um, and Robbie's here. Hi, Robbie. Hey, Johnny. Hi, Robbie. How you doing? Hello. Hey guys. How are you? It's we're good. To, good. Mean, it's good to see you and hear you. <laughs> yeah. We're all, so we're all of us, which you're not seeing on the podcast. We're, we're, we have the little video part of the thing on the screen, which we can see when we talk to each other. So we're all on video right now with each other, except for Simon. Cause he ain't got no camera. Um, anyway, so we're looking at Robbie's head and there's Perry's head and there's my head. And then there's this profile, the still profile of Simon. That's very godlike with side lighting. It's very authoritative. It's very uh, professional. <laughs> it's very professional. It was very a professional. That was a selfie as well. That was with, with a classic lens as well. That was that was tough to do. That was <laughs> it looks like medium format. It's really beautiful. <laughs> It's a it's a postage stamp photo, though, isn't it? So, <laughs> <laughs> so and so I uh, so when Johnny uh, came down to the door, I actually have a photo now of Johnny on a Johnny lens, which is the um, the Ultron fifty one point eight that I actually got from Johnny on my Fuji. Excellent! Oh, which is, excellent! Which is my new favorite lens that is glued to my Fuji, and is making all my other lenses jealous because I won't take it off. <laughs> Outstanding! Fantastic! Outstanding! Lens. Well, you got to take it off because well, you know why. Because I just loaned. No, I can't say this. I can't. I can't say this over the air because somebody might find out, right, Robbie? Secret you know stuff. I, secret yeah. stuff. We got secret stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will say also, Johnny and I were in the same spot in Chicago this weekend. Um, he he gave me a tip for a place to go hiking, and uh, I brought out my um, contacts um, with the the um, planar, and. Um, which was which actually I haven't used in, in, in a while because I've been using my pen FV so much, um, which is a system Johnny turned me on to. And I, it's like my new favorite camera. I just love that camera. I've been doing diptychs and triptychs and time time lapse kind of stuff. And um, I've been shooting Provia and Acros on it. And I'm just in love with that nice. camera. 
That's such a great camera. Awesome. Yeah. So we. So me. So just really quick, and I'm gonna. <clears throat> I'm gonna talk about this a little bit uh, later in the podcast. But yeah, me and me and Robbie were literally in the same place at the same time and didn't know it. <laughs> on, we're on what? <laughs> day before yesterday. Yeah, wearing masks. Day before yesterday or yesterday was it? Day before yesterday. What was this? Uh, yes, uh, on Saturday when it wasn't raining. Also, Saturday I had when it wasn't. Bring one camera. I think you had like twelve. Yeah, I brought three cameras. I'll t- I'm going to talk about it a little bit. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm I'm on a computer in my car and my battery's about to die, so I, I should probably say goodbye to you guys. But I I, I do want to say that um, it's been such a, a joy listening to the to the podcast, especially when the since the world is kind of turned upside down. You guys are one little moment of normalcy in, in I think people's lives. And it, it's really great to hear your voices every week. Also, uh, I don't really think people care what you talk about. If, if you're ever worried about content, I think people just enjoy listening to you guys banter. <laughs> just as well. <laughs> yeah, because that's pretty much what we do. Mm. All right, man. Hey, Robbie. Anyway, thanks, th- thanks, thanks, Robbie. Thanks for the thanks for everything. See you again soon. Anytime. Take care. You too. All right, man. Bye-bye. All right. Great to see you, Robbie. And he's <laughs> gone just like that. And he's gone just like that. Cool. That was cool. Oh, that was funny. It was. Put a voice to the face. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I don't know where we were picking up, but uh, uh, where we left off. Um, but yeah, I can I can tell a little more about that that story. Uh, well, I think uh, you might as well go 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 into what you've been up to. I, I, I guess. Yeah, I think I think we're done oh, okay. with uh, Cook Speed Pancro. So over All to right. uh, Chicago. <laughs> So, uh, so I was at what Robbie was saying we were both at a place called uh, Moraine Hills State Park, uh, which is about fifty odd miles kind of northwest of Chicago. And as the name would suggest, it has hills, which the signif- significance of this cannot be underestimated if you've not been to the Midwest, <laughs> because we just don't have hills here. Um, <laughs> so, but this place actually has hills. So it's it's kind of notable, um, uh, which were the and the reason there are hills is because the glaciers you know went through here like ten thousand years ago or whatever and deposited lots of stuff and you know left big chunks of glacier that melted and then those things formed hills. So anyway, I told Robbie about this place because he was looking for you know a place to kind of get out to um, with the kids and all that. Um, and so I suggested he go here because I'm like, dude, it's it's awesome. It's actually way better than the place I was at, you know, last week with the bison that I didn't see. Um, it's a better walk. So anyway, he's like, all right, I'll I'll, I'll check it out. And so lo and behold, <laughs> we were we were both there at the same time on the same day and didn't know it. Um, uh, but yeah, it was a it was a really nice day. And and Robbie logically bought, brought you know one camera, um, and 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 did that. And I, of course, logically brought three cameras and did that. Uh, so, so, but it was, it was great. It was great light. And I can't wait to see his photos, um, and have my photos from the same day at the same time. Uh, but I had, I had with me, um, my Roly 2.8 C and I had, uh, Acros in there and I had the FT2 Pano uh soviet pano cam with uh foma 200 and i had the roly 35 rf with triax um and i got through um a roll 
a little bit more than a roll on each one of those. So I did, I usually, what I do is I take, you know, five cameras and use one and I get really annoyed that I did that. Um, so this time I only took three cameras and I actually used them all. Well, that, so. that was the thing. It, before you just you spelt that out, I was thinking you used, th- used all three cameras and got a roll out of each. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, I don't know, it wasn't super hard because it was, the light was like fantastic. Um, and it's, you know, you figure the rolly, it's, it's 12 shots on a roll. The FT2 is 10 shots. <laughs> and I had, I had already shot half a roll on the uh, rolly 35. So I got through that. And I think, actually, so I only shot like half a roll on the rolly um, 35, uh, the RF 35. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, the, the, um, the, the so the, I mainly shot with the I guess the Roly and the the Pano camera, um, and yeah I mean I you know I don't know I just switch back and forth between them I did at one point have the Roly uh, Roloflex in one hand and the Roly thirty five in the other <laughs> I was kind of going back and forth between them, um, uh, but yeah it's I, I, I've done that sort of thing in the past and I it's doable but it's it's a very quick mental change because i mean the thing is i was shooting three different aspect ratios too so i was trying to keep that sorted out in my head like what i wanted to shoot on um on which format but that which actually is, wasn't it's not just the formats though is it i mean the the form factor as well is just completely different in each case as <laughs> yeah <well>. yeah <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> But I mean, I'll, there are three cameras I feel really comfortable with, so it was not as uh, difficult. And I was really not changing um, exposure settings much at all. Like I had, I had each camera kind of set up for, you know, for the light for each thing. So, yeah. And I wasn't metering. I was just, <laughs> I was just basically more or less sunny sixteening. So it made it a little bit easier. So. Uh, Johnny, you and Robbie, were you guys actually within like visible distance of each other and just didn't recognize each other because everyone was always wearing masks? Yeah, probably yes. At, at some point, because he, we parked in different places. So it's like, it would be like if we both got on the racetrack at a different, you know, entry point, right? Because um, it's just a loop around a lake. It's literally a, it's like a four, uh, it's a four mile walk around a lake. So at some point we were, at opposite ends of the four mile <laughs> trail around the lake, um, which is just really funny. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea he was, he was there. So, um, yeah, but it was a, it was a really beautiful day and it's, it's a place that I'm really familiar with. I used to go there a lot. Um, it's been God, probably 10 years now since I've been there. Um, but the funny thing is like, I've, I've shot, you know, Roloflex there before. And there were a couple times where I was like, wait, I've shot in this exact same place before. <laughs> like I remember seeing this on my ground glass. <laughs> so I've probably got photos from it, almost exactly the same place from, you know, a decade or more ago, um, which I'm going to have to go back to the film archives and find, find those shots now for comparison. Uh, but is it, it's a really great spot and it, it lends itself really well to all, all three of those formats. Like there were some shots that made totally made sense 
um, in square format. Like, like sometimes landscapes shots just work amazingly well in square format, especially if you've got like, you know, a little stand of trees or something. Um, and then there were a lot of, a lot of points where the panel format worked really, really well. And then I was kind of pulling, um, using the, the rolly, the 35 millimeter, you know, the standard, you know, four by six kind of size aspect ratio for more kind of like closer up shots. Um, cause there's a lot of really cool nature details, um, you know, like down trees and stuff like that with, you know, cool stuff on them. Um, so I was, I was kind of shooting them in three different ways and all three aspect ratios kind of made perfect sense at different points along the trail if that makes sense so yeah, it was it was a really fun day oh and 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 so the other thing about this place is um uh there are a lot of endangered birds that nest in this area because it's kind of in a small it's in an area where there are a lot of like lakes and rivers um so there's a couple of really unusual uh birds that tend to show up and we we saw some of those um uh, saw some, uh, oh, what are they? Um, oh shit. I can't remember the name of them now, but the, the egrets, the white egrets. So there's, uh, the, the, these white egrets, which you really can't miss because they're, you know, they're tall ass white birds. Uh, so they really stand out even from a distance. Um, but then, I mean, the other one that's really rare are the sandhill cranes, which were uh, near, near, I think nearly extinct at one point. And this particular place is one of their uh primary uh habitats in like in the world so it i mean it says in the guidebooks you know marine hill state park if you want to see this animal so we 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 saw a pair of sandhill cranes which is really really unusual oh that's so um, cool yeah it's really i mean it's really neat and sandhill cranes just they they stand out they're kind of this grayish brown yeah yeah color and they're Big. tall i mean they're you know they're like freaking four feet tall they're over a meter and they've got this red cap, like right on the front of their heads, mm -hmm. basically. Um, so really kind of amazing to see all of that stuff in one day, you know, you got to stop carrying You got to start carrying a 400 millimeter lens around with you. Oh dude. I, there was some woman on the trail in front of me who had uh, a, a Nikon with like, I, it was a big ass lens. I'm trying to, I can't, I wasn't sure. I couldn't tell which lens it was, but it was probably a, like a, a 400 prime um, mm -hmm. or a, one of those. What, what's the other zoom they have? That's 200 to 500. Yeah. It could have been, could have been that one. Um, so yeah. And I, 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 you know, I, so I had three cameras with me in a bag and I was pitying that woman. So, cause it looked way more uncomfortable than my, <laughs> 15 pounds of gear in my pack nicely in my bag <laughs> so anyway yeah so anyway um you know i did i was also the kind of the big thing for me is i was able to do that four mile walk kind of up and down some not huge hills but um hilly uh you know with with a pack in my back and i i, I felt pretty dead the next day but it it you know i did it so i was feeling good about that no, it's good news. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So that 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 was probably my best photo outing. Well, certainly since I since I uh, did that trip to California back in December, was it? 
December, I think. Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah. So that was like the last time I really did any, felt like I was doing like serious photo stuff. You know what I mean? Um, so, uh, yeah, it was, it felt really good to do that. It, 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 cause part of the thing is it's been driving me crazy that I've had this amazing, like forced vacation from work and have been sitting inside on my ass, not doing anything. Cause I felt like shit. Um, so yeah, it was a really, really good feeling to actually take photos again. <laughs> how, how's the, uh, how's the weather in Chicago? Um, <laughs> Well, so we're having a little mini polar vortex right oh, now. No. Yeah, so so like it was like it was like fifty something degrees and nice and bright and sunny on that Friday, um, or was it Saturday? Anyway, the day we, we me and Robbie were at the the park, it was like a perfect day for walking around, like because you, you know like you couldn't get overheated kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like a perfect sunny day, and then the next day was like raining in 40 degrees and today it's like raining in 50 degrees. So yeah, there's like this polar vortex thing dipping in right now. And it, I think they said we had a frost warning overnight last night. I didn't see any frost this morning, but um, so it's cold, it's cold and rainy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So speaking of cold and rainy, uh, we'll go over to uh, Stoke on Trent. Maybe <laughs> can he do it on a wet Wednesday in Stoke? Yeah, I think it was on a wet Tuesday night, I think is the, is the specific phrase, I think it is. But um, uh, it's been lovely here. I mean, we've this this lockdown uh, that we've had, we've had absolutely great weather. Um, and, uh, and now that the, the restrictions have sort of been eased, it's all a little bit vague whether, you know, what level of easement um, we're, we're just about to en- encounter. Um, no, just be alert. <laughs> yeah yeah be, be alert yes that, that that that's it which is you know anyway um if you see the virus run <laughs> yeah simon i could i could send you an assault rifle from the u.s because then if you see the virus you could just shoot the hell out of it that's a good idea that's yeah. a, that's a, that, that's an excellent idea i appreciate that thank you yeah um yeah phil the uh, yeah, so the weather's been great, um, and uh, I've not done anything as 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 we know, uh, except on Saturday, um, uh, Judith, my wife, uh, decided that we need to go out as a family for a walk, and I really didn't fancy the idea of just walking up and down the main road and back, and uh, <laughs> and realised that there is actually um, some woods not that far away from us and certainly within walking distance and uh and they've got the uh they're known locally as bluebell wood um and i'm sure there are bluebell woods all over britain but uh, this is our bluebell wood and uh, so i thought well, let's 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 go to that and i did this this miraculous thing uh, i decided i was going to take a camera with me as well so Woo-hoo! so for the first time i was going to go out and i was thinking well if i get one photograph then that's something isn't it and so that so i, I decided well one camera and i'm going to go digital uh, because i don't know what i'm about to walk into and uh, so picked up the sony and then i was thinking well which which lens or lenses to take and i was there thinking well I'll, I'll i'll take something that i haven't been using and i nearly nearly took um a biometar uh, 120 mil 
uh, 2.8, um, which is sitting on in front of me at the moment, all all ready and set up in the with the three adapters that I've got on it to actually make the thing work um, on my on my Sony, and I decided, well, might be better off with a macro lens. And I thought, there you go. There's a good reason now to finally uh, take out a lens I've owned for over a year, uh, which is the Vivitar 90mm f2.5 macro, um, oh, known nice. in some circles as the Bokina, um, yeah. for very good reasons. And it's got a reputation for, uh, what's, what's that word we're calling there? Uh, excessive bokeh? Um, what, what was that word, Johnny? Just, uh, just so I was saying that, right. That would be bokake. Bokake. Bo, bo, Okay. Apparently, I said it wrong last week, and I said something that was very close to being rude. Um, <laughs> That's right. You said it. You said it great this week. You just you just said Takuma again. So that's all right. <laughs> I thought, oh, I did, did I say Takuma? Oh no. Yeah. yeah. I, said I didn't say Takuma. It's not a Takuma. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah that's, that's it's still one up from Takuma. So, uh, um, so, so I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't mind that. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I took that to that lens and I also took with me a, uh, my Petri Oracle, uh, oh. 50 millimeter F2, um, with a, with a helicoid as well. Um, but that ultimately stayed in the bag. Um, because I can remember I'd been out before and I'd taken a Tamron 90 mil, um, on a on a walk a few years ago in this this area and that that did actually okay it was an autumn walk so I thought well I'll I'll certainly I'll I'll put the I'll put the the Vivitar on and give it a go and uh, as soon as we started to um, get onto the the trail where the where the walk was <coughs> excuse me there was um, the the local people had um, been doing. I don't really know how to describe this. Um, uh, there's some kind of community project which I was blissfully unaware of, where people were making objects or taking objects and painting them, you know, like pebbles and stones and and just making things and then hanging them or just placing these things uh, near to the path. And they had messages on there, um, such as, you know, there was a, a message of praise to somebody called Tom, who works for the NHS, that's the National Health Service of the, in the UK. And um, and just saying that, you know, they said that he was a hero and the other ones were saying, thank you, NHS. And there were, and all the other messages that were just like really positive, nice things. And some of these some of these objects were beautifully painted. You know, you could see there's like lots of love and attention had gone into them, and they were just placed sort of randomly all, all over the place. And and the light was the light was great uh, because it was a situation where the light was it was very bright, but we were in a forest or a woodland, as more uh, to the point. Nice. So you had that the sort of dappled light. It's not it wasn't really exactly what i would call dappled light but it was it, it the light was certainly com coming through um but it's it, it it was diffused and uh, so you you had highlights but you also had shadows and uh, at the same time but they were you know within the kind of dynamic range that you knew you could work with so um so i've and I had the perfect lens for it because all these objects are really really small and I was thinking, well, let's let's get some bokake shots uh, with uh, the with the with the bokina, um, and <laughs> bokake kina. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and that, and that's what it. And uh, it, and I probably got about I don't know about twelve 
half decent shots on 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 this walk, but more, you know that that's that's that, that's one thing. But the, the the main point was I was just just so happy to be actually out there and enjoying yeah. the photography. I mean, the, the photographs just didn't yeah. matter. The fact that they actually came back and I quite like some of them um, was 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 a bonus. But it was just actually getting out there and taking photographs. It was just wonderful. Oh, that's it's great. so cool to find those random little uh, colorful messages around the forest as well. Like it's really uplifting scrolling through these pictures and and seeing you know, uh, in a time of social isolation, the way that people are doing little gestures to lift each other up. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's 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 just it's just it's just great. I mean, that's one of the the things that you know this this situation we're in this this lockdown that many of us are, uh, are living with at the moment. Um, I think certainly in the in the most case, you know, it's it's brought communities closer together. Um, some of that is um, online with people like regional uh, community groups. Um, there's a Facebook group for where where I live, and people talk about about bad stuff and uh, and good things come out of that, as well as some bad things as well. Because there you go, that's Facebook for you. Um, right. But the the other the other thing is, and I know that people have different opinions on this. Um, but every Tuesday evening uh, in the UK, and this is something that I think started in Italy, and I, I assume it, they probably do all over the place. Um, but there's a at eight o'clock on a Tuesday evening in the UK, uh, people go out to their houses uh, to the to the front of the house, and uh, they they clap for a minute, um, huh. and uh, and it's a a means of saying thank you to key workers, the NHS. And 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 so on, and it's uh, and it's it was. I remember when I first heard about this, I was thinking to myself, mm, I'm not sure about this. It sounds a bit contrived, and uh, and I was going to feel a bit odd doing something like this. But my wife dragged me out, and and most of where I live was 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 out as well. And it was this thing like, look at all these people. I don't know these neighbours, you know, and now I can actually see them. I know where the, where they live. You know, I've lived here a long time, yet there are neighbours I do not know who who they were up until you know, Tuesday night a few weeks ago. Wow! So, uh, so that that sense of community is um, is is just is just been really, really, you know, it's a really positive thing. Um, so uh, I have yeah, no idea cool. why I went that way, but certainly I just want to say it's you know, um, <clears throat> some people have have uh, poo pooed. Uh, this 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 clapping thing has been I don't know a social justice warrior kind of thing and uh, what's 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 the word where you uh, um, uh, virtue signaling that's 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 the phrase and I'm, I'm sure ah. there's an element of virtue sig sig signaling going on with it with this this kind of thing but certainly uh, what I've been experiencing it's been wholly positive. Yeah, we do that in uh, Chicago here too. Except we do it on New Year's Eve, and everybody goes out and they shoot their guns. <laughs> <laughs> and and all the cops they they park their cars under overpasses so that all the fly, fly you know falling bullets don't land on them. No, I'm, no, seriously, we we they, they've done the same um, the same thing over here as well. I mean, I haven't heard any of it, but there was one. There was one day where um, people were driving around the neighborhood, like they had this map of the neighborhood, and there was like this, you know, car train of cars driving around honking their horns with signs. So it was a similar kind of thing, and and I know that uh, they're they're doing that kind of yell out the windows at eight o'clock thing as well. I just haven't heard any of it, um, but that but it's really cool. It's a it's a it's a neat thing that people are doing. 
Actually, that, that just reminded me, there was um, uh, somebody I've mentioned on this show uh, in the past, uh, Dave Walker, who's on Instagram, is Dave the Walker. Um, and he's, he's doing wild and wacky things with making making electronic shutters um, out of LCD panels and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, but he posted something, I think it was probably about two weeks ago now, and it was a photograph of him with his family. Um, and... Uh, uh, yeah, it was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a sort of, I wouldn't call it candy, but a quite casual family portrait at the, at the front of their house. And, and it turns out that it was a, a photographer that lived, I don't know if it was in the same street or certainly very, very close and local. And um, yeah, the, we've, I don't know if we've talked about these portrait, uh, not, uh, what do they call, um, doorstop portraits or something like that. I may have actually been, may have been a different show, but I've, I've heard them talking about it. Um, but people have been going around taking photographs of people uh, at the front of their houses. You know, so socially distanced um, photography, if you, if you like. And he posted this photograph of, of his family. It's a really, really nice photograph. And uh, it turns out this photographer had been just doing the same for everybody. And then he just, just gave these photographs to, to, to the people that he took. And it just again, it's just a nice example of something that you can do and some of the positive things that have been coming out of this lockdown. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so yeah, my, my, my mood is, uh, is, has gone up immeasurably, uh, by just going out and actually taking photographs. I'm thinking, you know, why didn't I do this before? Well, part of it was, was that level of guilt of thinking, well, you know, is this necessary? Well, the other day it was exercise. It was within a, a prescribed distance from, from my house and I could do it with a certain period of time. And I just hadn't, and I, so I could have done this all along, you know, and at the end of the day I was walking, didn't stop very much to actually take the photographs, bending down as exercise and all of that kind of stuff, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just an odd, an odd thing that I hadn't actually done and I could have done, uh, but now I've done it. I feel so much better for it. And uh, I, I really need to try and make more of an effort to, to get out and do the things that it's possible to do. Plus these relaxations uh, are the rules in in the UK uh, suggest that you can actually drive to places now. Um, didn't actually say how far you can drive. Um, so I, I'm, I'm interpreting that as driving somewhere within reason rather than driving like 30 miles away to, to go to a beauty spot. Um, yeah. So, you know, there are plenty of places within a, a few miles of where I live, which, uh, you know, I could, I could exercise, bend over, take photographs and, uh, and keep away um, from, from other people very, very easily. So, um, so, so that's the idea. Was it a, was it a conscious decision on your part in an era of social distancing uh, to pick a lens that would let you get as close as humanly possible <laughs> yeah. well i was I, I had no intention of socially distancing myself from my subject um but i as as ever i had, I had no intention of taking photographs of strangers and and, and people um yeah, fair. yeah although i did i did take one actually I, I did take a few pictures of 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 my family um most of which all the time they were they were doing something they weren't they weren't uh, candid as such and only as as ever you know using a I, I obviously had to use the lens wide open because that's what you have to do um so, uh, so strangely enough i think i only actually got one photograph of, of somebody moving that was also in focus and that that's and i have posted that shot um and that's of my uh 
um, my eldest boy James with his in- increasingly long hair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, looking like a 1970s American baseball player. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Great fro. <laughs> Great, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that, I just want to touch on that photo. So I was chatting to uh, Perry earlier about it, but you you were asking about some of the effects at the, at the bottom of the image. And I think it might be worth mm-hmm. just, just uh, re- repeating that brief conversation, Perry. So uh, um, do you want to, do you want to ask, ask me those questions again? And uh, we'll recap on them. Well, I, I was looking at the picture and I just noticed that the, uh, the bottom of the image, the, the tire that your son was swinging on uh, was unusually bright. And it wasn't clear to me whether you had dodged that part of the image or if there was some veiling flare going on. And, uh, Apparently yeah. it was veiling flare. Yeah, and and that's it. And th- and this was this was as a result of that that light, uh, that so-called dappled light that I was talking about. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because for me, it wasn't quite dappled light. But dappled light is 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 it's more diffused. Whereas this was strong points of light and then strong shade, if you like. And when I was pointing the the the, the camera, it was pointing towards the light, and you can see that with you know the, uh, just about control some of the highlights in in the background. Um, so I had to raise the shadows uh, to make sure you could actually see his face because it was a bit underexposed. Uh, for but what, what's interesting about the shot is like the bottom of the shot is different to the top of the shot, and that's just how the, how the light I think is falling upon the lens, causing that 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 veiling flare. Um, but it's only really affecting the bottom of the shot. It never, didn't actually affect the top of the shot, so it's quite quite unusual that way, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hey, for 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 that lens, how how much do you need to stop down for that effect to go away, or, or does it ever go away? Uh, do you ever stop that lens down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, does I mean, I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, because you know, like the 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 cook speed camera I've been shooting. I've been shooting it mostly at f4, occasionally at f2.8, because the flare characteristics are very, very different at different apertures. So for lenses that flare a lot wide open, I think one of the the things that is always good to do is don't just shoot it wide open all the time, um, but see how that behaves when you stop it down one or two or even three stops, because sometimes you get like really unexpected looks. You know, there's some lenses that when you stop them down to f4, um, they they flare they start flaring in a different kind of way. So when flare is a characteristic that you're not entirely trying to get rid of, I think there's a lot of scope for having fun if you can uh, sort of understand how the aperture interacts with that effect. Yeah, well, I, I did. I, I was borderline sensible a couple of times and, and, and stopped uh, the lens down a little bit just to give myself a, a little bit more depth of field on some of these macro shots, although it really didn't make that much of a difference, to be honest, because I was probably too close. <laughs> mm. Um and the other thing about i just think about something else i did with that shot is there was a fair bit of chromatic aberration going on there but some of the i think we can forgive that um because of the yeah there's some extremes of light and dark in there and it was very easy to get rid of it as well um but i'm pretty sure it wouldn't have taken much to by stopping it down a little to have got rid of that i mean the lens is a great lens i mean it's got it's got a fantastic reputation and and i've only used it on a on a few occasions and and uh, this trip that I'm talking about I used it more then than I have done in any other time probably all the times put together but every time I've put that lens on and just looked through it and it's always looked good 
yeah, there is just something about that lens that, that gives beautiful bokeh, and yeah, and it's um, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful lens. Nice. So I think I found I, I so the you know the wonderful thing about uh, the world we live in is you can mention a place like Bluebell Wood outside of Stoke and Stoke on Trent, and I can just go look it up on a map, so I can <laughs> oh, see like right where you yeah. were. Which I just think is the coolest thing ever. So this was near Ashbank Road. Is that right, Simon? <laughs> yes, it's just actually cool. As you all know. So, so yeah. I'm looking at Bluebell Wood, and right on either kind of end of Bluebell Wood, there's um, Trent Firearms, and there's Beer Direct. <laughs> so did I don't know if you went and got a gun and then went to Beer Direct and got a six-pack, but this sounds like it could have been an amazing day. Yeah, that, it it does it, it does surprise me that yeah we we do have a, a a local place where you can you can get your ammunition from. Um, but, uh, well, there you go. Um, yeah, yeah that's, that's uh, it sounds that sounds amazing though. It it really does. That's it's super cool. I'm glad you got a, a day out. Um, it it it's it's kind of weird. It's like you know, here in the in the U.S. there there really have not been. And I'm in a state that has a fairly, you know, comprehensive lockdown plan. Um, you know, I mean, you're, most places of business are closed and, um, you know, a lot of outdoor parks in Chicago are closed because people are being idiots and having giant volleyball parties and stuff. So, but it's not like you can't go outdoors here, right? They, they've never said you can't go outdoors at all. It's just you, you have to maintain a two meter social distance thing and if you can't do that you got to wear a mask but so people have been outdoors but i mean i i've noticed these two trips that i've made you know each each consecutive weekend here i've never seen so many people out at like nature areas ever <laughs> like this yeah. place I, I went to um on friday like i've been there dozens of times and I've never, it was freaking packed. I've never seen this many people there before. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's just amazing that people are, it's like people have this pent up demand to just get outdoors now, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is, which is kind of cool. So it's kind of neat to think that people are exploring these places that are probably fairly close to them that they haven't ever really spend a lot of time at you know what i mean or that you just don't you know you've always got other stuff to do and you don't think to go there or whatever so it's it, i don't know, it's just great that people are getting out to places like that and i was gonna say if if uh listeners have had experiences like that i mean send us like an email or something and tell us where you've been so we can you know see if there's a, a beer store or a gun store near the <laughs> the place where you were at and or whatever um or a chinese takeout or you know just try to try to imagine what your what people's days are like, you know, if they're if they're getting outdoors and doing great things. Right. Well, we're actually running out of time again, uh, so this is going to be another short show. And believe it or not, we actually planned to do that email show today, um, but we never quite got <laughs> that far uh, again. And we had a, we had other uh, features planned as well, which we didn't even get that far either. Um, so we'll we'll do that mystery plan feature and some emails at some point uh, yeah. in the future. No problem. Not going to make any promises when, but it, they've they will return. Um, so uh, I think this is a good time to say thank you to those people that have donated to us in the past week. Um, so I'm just going to do a quick rundown of those people. And uh, the first one. This is chronological 
what chronological chronological order and uh so from cheyenne morrison uh glad johnny is feeling better uh simon forster's lens cap empire is beginning to circle the globe and perry g has toilet paper and flour um in my neck of the woods things are starting to ease up a bit and the next two to three weeks so Oh, I've, I've I've gone already now. I'm so, so uh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm butchering this, aren't I? Um, and so in the next two to three weeks, society may return to normal. Yes, well, fingers crossed on that one. It, it seems to be, but whether that's too fast or not, it remains to be seen. So uh, we'll, we shall see. Um, then Nigel Cliff, uh, short but short but sweet guys. Um, and does Johnny have any recommendations for any risque podcasts? I think I don't know if this has got something to do with them. Um, the the name of last week's show, maybe. So no risque podcasts for for, for Nigel. Uh, no, I actually, I mean, I, this is the only podcast I have any uh, dealing with. So <laughs> fair enough. Well, actually, just a, a mention for, uh, for for Nigel. Uh, Nigel uh, will you'll be able to hear Nigel very very soon. Um, those that want to. Um, <laughs> um he's going to be on um, <laughs> he's going to be on the negative we, we get on nigel don't, don't worry he, he'll, he'll be okay um Toot the horn for us nigel yes um, yeah so no 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 that's that's ian fleming oh that's right that's ian short that's ian proper yeah, yeah. train fleming i always confuse right. those two yeah. i always um, confuse yeah, yeah. well uh nigel cliff is um sort of guest he does he's um he did um for uh negative positives um yeah it was mike mike gutman um i think he was having a bit of a late night and couldn't sleep and uh decided well who, who might be awake now there was probably somebody in england and uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh and uh, <laughs> nigel was obviously uh awake and um and he said well do you want to come on the show now and uh and did so uh recorded something earlier this week I'm not sure when that's going to go out but um, I'm, I'm sure that's going to be worth listening to uh to, to to that so um yeah so thank you very much nigel um then james cleveland um and he has uh, much love to my lens nerds <laughs> thank you very very much james <laughs> um <clears throat> jeremy north um has uh oh for, for fear of embarrassing one of the members of this this podcast i'm not going to say any more than that uh, but thank I, you. I would just say I, a special thank you to jeremy north that's all i'm going to say yeah. you, you know why mate yeah um yeah, much in much in a similar kind of thing to JB Bloomquist a few weeks ago. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so um, so thank you very much, Jeremy. Uh, thank you to James Thorpe and Brian Woolworth for their regular contributions as well to us. So thank you very very much. So uh, so that's uh, pretty much it. So Perry, have you got a shout out? Oh, you did a switcheroo on me there. Yes. Uh, do I have shout outs? No. I do not have Okay. <laughs> and Johnny. Uh, just a shout out to, I'm going to say to all of the uh, folks who have sent me well wishes. It's, it's very much appreciated. Yeah. Um, well, I just had the one shout out, and that's going to be to Ben Kuto of the, of the Kuto Camera Company, who is now selling my lens caps in America. This is really an advert. Um, all right. Yes, so uh, Ben is selling my uh, quality lens caps in America um, 
so they're exactly the same with the uh, lens caps I'm selling everywhere else in the world and in Europe. Um, so do check out the Kuto Camera Company on the eBay. Um, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's that. That's a word from our sponsor. Um, so, uh, Perry, uh, outside of this show, how can people keep up with you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Flickr at Perry G. Uh, don't worry about my website. <laughs> <laughs> and Johnny? Uh, when I'm not banned from Facebook, you can find me on... Yeah, you're, yeah, you're reinstated now, aren't you? I've been reinstated. It was yeah. only a 24-hour ban, so yeah, I didn't... been good I, for a whole week. Well done. I've been good for a whole week, and I've not been re-banned yet. So it's only a matter of time, folks. So if you want, you'd probably best catch me over at the classic lenses podcast group on facebook as soon as possible um uh yeah and that's it that's all you're gonna that's the only place you're gonna find me um <laughs> and if you if you want to write into the show and uh for, for an email show that we've been promising for ages and still haven't yes. done Yes, please, please send your emails to classiclensespodcast at gmail.com, um, and we will eventually read them if you do that. And, you know, of course, follow the, the podcast at classiclensespodcast.com to get all the weekly links, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, on Instagram, you can visit Best Vintage Lens for Best Lynch, Vintage best, Lens. No, no. <laughs> best Vintage Lens photos. Uh, loads of bokake over there um, and you can see the podcast on YouTube so look for classic lenses podcast on YouTube except you you can well you can you can well see you can you can really. yeah you can see you can see the words on the screen that we're speaking so I guess you could turn the sound down and read the podcast if you wanted to yeah it would make more sense almost certainly yeah exactly Okay, and uh, so you can keep up with me on Twit with Twitter, uh, which is Simon Four. I'm on Instagram as Simon Forster Photographic. Uh, I have a website which is SimonForsterPhotographic.co.uk, which is where you can buy a whole host of lens caps and an increasing range of body caps, um, including um, DKL lenses and their uh, lens caps and body caps, right. which are uh, just about to launch as well um and you can hear me once a fortnight or so on the large format photography podcast with andrew bartram um and that's just about it now i think so um our music is by kevin mcleod of incompetech.com and it's called octo blues and that's it so i hope you've enjoyed this week's show and if you can be like carl The spelling really messes me up. Uh, but just it's it's just the the only thing that matters is the bow, and the rest yeah. of it is just like bukake because it's bukake. Okay. Right. So it sounds like you're saying bukake, but you're yeah. just putting the bow at the start. That, that's right, and which means yeah. it's okay. And which makes it okay. Yeah. That's why you can bukake your mom. <laughs> <laughs>